0: Congratulations on buying the executive version of this record. You have chosen wisely, and we value your discerning taste in deciding to pay the few extra pence for a product of real quality. Everything on this record has been designed to meet the exacting standards which you have naturally come to expect. The record itself is made from the very finest Colombian extruded polyvinyl. The center hole has been created to fit exactly onto your spindle with all the precision of finest Swiss craftsmanship. The audio content has been quality graded to give you the finest in listening pleasure. There is little or no offensive material apart from four cunts, one clitoris and a foreskin. And as they only occur in this opening introduction, you're past them now. You can relax and enjoy this quality product. Secure in the knowledge that it has been specially created for the lover of fine things and the man of good taste. Oh, sorry, you can edit that out, can't you? Yeah, no problem. (laughs)
1: year is 1975 the album is the album of the soundtrack of the trailer of the film of monty python and the holy grail my guests are james Bladen and jeremy guskin thank you guys for being here my pleasure my pleasure thank you jason okay. for having like both jeremy f- and i yes. like That's a fanfare at the beginning i now do things i now say things people got upset they're like you should give a little more information about the albums i'm like all right fine I just named it. There are times, though, I think we get thirty minutes into an episode and wouldn't say the name of the album. Like, like, yeah. so what's uh, what's interesting about you as a person, which is important, but I we'd forget a little bit, right? I feel like this is like kind of a this is a big one to do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's it's hard to condense this into why is this funny? Everybody knows why the movie's funny.
2: I know I, that's why I was a little bit unsure whether to select it or not. First of all, everyone loves. Monty Python, sure. you know, who's into comedy. Mm-hmm. So I, I was worried that it was going to be too well-trod a, a right. subject, you know. Mm-hmm. But I also thought that this one in particular maybe is a little bit more off the beaten path because it is based on the film. There's, you know, it's a lot of material from the
1: film on there. Right. But it's its own thing. That's the big it's thing its that thing. I like yeah. it, too, is it, it is a comedy album, a standalone. Right. You know? And it's
2: all of a piece. It's not just really little snippets. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the original material on it really ties all that material from the film yeah. together in one kind of concept, which mm-hmm. is the
1: screening of this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> in a porn theater, so it seems at one point, there's a yeah. lot of crazy yeah. shit going yeah, on. Yeah. There. I, I don't know. I mean, is it supposed to be a porn theater? I don't think it's, it's a not porn a porn theater. theater, but... I just think it's some... Crappy
3: little dump that just okay. has really yeah. dubious history okay, and every, I, right I love right. how it's described like everything is right next to everything else, <laughs> so it's you know like yeah, you right. turn ninety degrees and it's a completely different space well, did
2: say that, yeah mm-hmm. i I've, I took it that uh the, John Cleese is in such a bad seat that he's uh-huh. back where the kind of the more mm. low life people good who point. would be making out yes uh, would be sitting. That's he says I think at one point he says he's in row T just three seats along from the legendary seat 12 oh yes I did miss that I did miss that okay so or I heard it which but, I, I always uh, loved just because there's no more explanation legendary. than just it's a legendary seat 12 God, so fantastic can I do you mind please look a at it there's look some at this?
1: funny stuff on the back uh, is which, there anything special on the inside or is it not, uh, no. not on that no okay
3: rip it open just to be sure yeah <laughs> but
2: there is a big warning <laughs> label on the back that says warning this record can only be played once it's <laughs> <That's> amazing <laughs>
1: Oh my god, there's just, there's so much, that they, again, this is, uh, these, these guys, they did more, it was more interactive, for lack of a better word, yeah. for any, they they left nothing empty, although they tended to also fill their stuff,
2: you know, some it's of it's, filled exactly
1: up. Exactly right, whether it's with their best stuff or not, they didn't care, they just right. gave you some dumb garbage on purpose and just see what you deal with. You know, and and the,
3: yeah, and, it's, and again it starts right at the beginning. You know, with the congratulations. Yeah. You know? Right, <laughs> and
2: obviously, yeah. So the con, uh, another, I guess, part of the concept of the album is that you have bought this is the executive version <laughs> that is better than the cheaper version. And you get all these extra features, <laughs> which I guess was maybe a thing at the time, was that the <laughs> records were coming out with it's a good qu-
1: right yeah they, I'm sure you could buy nicer versions of this and that, but
2: right, right, and so it was and you know so it was sort of a a class distinction that you were able to afford this executive version <laughs> that has special parts on it, uh introduced by Graham Chapman, which uh I think as a as a younger person i even though I know it was a joke, I did mm-hmm. kind of feel like. I sort of started to believe that I did have a better version. Right. Yeah, of course. Of course you did. (laughs) But maybe there was a standard version
1: (laughs) that wasn't quite as uh, fancy. When did you first... We'll go to the movie first. When did you first see the movie? I first
2: saw the movie...
1: um, I think it was on
2: PBS. I -hmm. didn't see it in the theater, obviously, because I was pretty young. But Sure. um, But I, I think I saw it on PBS... I think the history was they aired it probably in, in 70... I think in America it was like around 76. I could be wrong. Okay. okay. I, that, that might be wrong. But um, the Pythons got angry because it was edited for sure. language and blood, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they only would allow their the, the Monty Python series and this film, I guess, to be played on PBS. Mm-hmm. So I think the first time I saw it was on was on PBS in KQED where I lived up in Northern California, uh-huh. and uh, and it didn't. You know, this was back when movies. This was the only time you could see it as if you caught it on yeah. TV. I mean, this was back in. Let's see, I'll say this was around. I probably started seeing it around like seventy nine or eighty.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: So um, uh, this was back before VHS machines were sure. in every home. Right. You know, so it was really like if you wanted to watch a movie, you had to kind of wait for it to be on TV. Yeah. You know, and so that's what I did is I I, I knew that they played Monty Python and I, I saw it coming up. And so I actually what I did is um, I set up my tape recorder
1: <laughs> under the
2: t- <laughs> the TV speaker. Oh, yeah. And recorded the entire movie on, I think, a 120 minute long tape. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and so for me, this record is special also because the way I got I've heard this movie way more times than I've ever seen it. Sure. You know, sure. So I, I would li- take that tape, and it was gold. And I would just sit in my room and listen to it over and over and over. So I really got—I di- literally did memorize the movie, which I know a lot of people did. Sure. But it was from just an audio-only
1: standpoint. That's so good. Yeah. When did you get this? Then when did you? Actually this came later. Out? I, th-
2: I think my brother bought this record, and it was probably around, you know, eighty or eighty-two somewhere. I think he just found it in a used store. I, I okay. think it was used. I'm okay. not exactly sure. But um, but for me, so getting this, I had already had the movie basically memorized, mm-hmm. and this was a much clearer than my sure. audio cassette of it, and it had some extra stuff, so it was really perfect. But that, that's what I mean. It's like, that recording, and this, it was almost like, reciting Python is a very nerdy thing, which mm-hmm. i was totally guilty of. Sure. But I think back then, it kind of carried more weight. <laughs> At least mm-hmm. I want to tell myself that. Because you couldn't just go on YouTube and watch it, Absolutely. or you couldn't just... Um, see it anytime you want it almost showed that you had some kind of access to learn it enough to to memorize it right right that made you that you did some work
1: yeah and you did too i mean you went out of your way to record the damn thing on audio and that's that's that that is the true mark of a nerd do you jeremy when did you first see it uh
3: first time i saw it was probably when i was about eight years old seven eight years old My father pretty much introduced me to Python, but I kind of went through the back door. Again, Mm -hmm. it was on PBS. I grew up in New York City. Uh And on PBS, they had this solid hour block from like, it seemed like I was staying up like 11 to midnight, but I was probably like 8 to Mm 9. And it was Faulty Towers followed immediately by Flying Circus. And my father was like, when I was 7, he was like... Jeremy, get in here. You gotta see this, you're gonna love this. So we best. sat and we watched, <clears throat> and we watched Faulty Towers, and I was like, this is brilliant. And he was like, you like this? You're gonna love this. And then we watched <laughs> Flying Circus, and I went, this is the stupidest thing I've ever wow. seen in my entire life. He's hitting him with a fish. I don't, I, they're looking, this is, I couldn't deal with it. Mm-hmm. But, Every time D. Towers would come on I'd watch it And I'd watch a little bit more Flying Circus And you know Over about like Maybe a couple weeks And then about a month into it My father went uh, And my father had great Movie experiences. I remember him waking me up on my like the top bunk when I was uh, uh, I think it was ten years old, and he goes at midnight and he goes, "Come on, we're gonna watch a movie." You know, because it was like, again, you know, like you don't videotape everything, so it was like, "Come on, we're gonna watch a movie." I was like, "What? What is it?" It's like, "Come on, this is really great. It's on right now. Come on, we're gonna you know get up." I was like, "Okay, okay." So he woke me up at midnight to watch uh, Alien. oh wow. <laughs> How we, old were you? Get yeah, ten.
0: You know, oh. and I was just like, I just sat <laughs> with him. And I was like,
3: Oh my god, it was amazing. So anyway, so uh, so about a, a month into watching Flying Circus, he goes. We're gonna sit down and watch. We're gonna watch a movie, and it was Holy Grail. Uh-huh. And I remember sitting on the big black couch that folded out in the den, you know, which yeah. we didn't have anymore. With the, you know, where I remember lying on the floor, you know, listening to the, the first Fireside Theater album I ever had with my like, feet up on the coffee table, you know. And we sat there on the couch and we watched uh, Holy Grail. And I remember by the end of the credits. Uh-huh. I mean, my father was crying. <laughs> I under, I mean, like, I couldn't believe what was going on. Ju- and I, nothing happened, you know? I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah. it's llamas, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. why, why not? And here we go. And I was like, okay, great. And it just, and that was it. That was it.
4: Live from the classic Kazakh Hill Hello and welcome to the classic Silbury Hill for the 310 performance of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I can see through the door of the gentlemen's that the B feature bring me the head of Don Reavy. There's only a few minutes left to run, just time for me to tell you a few quick words about the theatre. The classic Silbury Hill, formerly the social club of the Andover Parks and Burials Department, was converted into a cinema in 1941 by Ken Paulson, father of John, in the Gothic Renaissance style. The lavatories here comprise 2 feet standing fixtures and a 12-inch enamel wall bar with self-rinsing bar and auto-sump grill and were opened by Gary Cooper in 1957. Well, I can see now Eunice and Maureen Zappa, sales girls here through two walls and six different Tory administrations, making their way to the front of the auditorium with their sales trays full of ice creams, lollipops, sweets, dubbin and broken glass.
3: From then on, I was talking, I remember, you know, it was that same thing, because my father was one of those people who got a VCR. We had HBO right away. He got a VCR right right away, and he started meticulously taping everything. (laughs) So, like, every tape that I have of something if it had there's like a glitch or they messed it up on PBS that's how I remember it right <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know sure. like I remember my version of uh, you know uh, I think it was uh, Blazing Saddles mm-hmm. because he could only get it off of you know whatever it wasn't cable it was something else so they took out you know all the good swearing you know <laughs> so all the all the farting turns to burping that's so dumb mm-hmm. But that's how I remember it. But yeah, that was... that, And I and I would just... And me and my friends, especially me alone, I would just watch Holy Grail over and over and over yeah. and over again. And again, it was that thing, just that pride of... You know, it's like, oh, you know, like... I know the line. We are the knights who say nay. Nee. It's like, yeah, but I can also do the whole old woman, man. You know, I can <laughs> yes, always do exactly. every part yeah. verbatim for you at the
1: drop of a hat. You know? sure. exactly. How we your dad was pretty fucking hip I mean I know he was a hip guy don't get me wrong No, no but see, how like, old was he when this comes out because
3: like you're a nerd yeah, but like to but... a regular person you'd be like how doesn't like isn't the castle called anthrax you know <laughs> right, right right they, right I
1: bet you're gay no no
3: you know what I mean <laughs> like there's there, there are a lot of things you wouldn't say you're a cool dad but yes I mean looking but I mean how,
1: how it, old about the age, same age as the pythons, a little younger right a little younger um well I mean he'd be 75
3: right now or you know would be so yeah you know, same age so, yeah, yeah uh, they were all yeah. born about
1: nineteen forty. Yeah, yeah. And
3: so he was a huge <clears throat> fan, huge fan
1: of the. It's just crazy to me, though, that that, that to to stick or that it did mean as much to somebody that age. I know maybe that sounds dumb, but I mean, I guess he grew up at just the right time for the Beatles and for Monty Python, though. Yeah, I guess that does make sense. And he
3: was fans of both of them. Sure, of course he
1: was. You know, and, yeah, uh, yeah, and and he was and he just he loved
3: finding something and going. There's this thing called the parrot sketch. You've got to see it. Mm-hmm. And when you go, yes, you are right. This is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And I'll break it down for you why, which will ruin it. But here it goes. You know, right. So, no,
1: of course. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's not, wait, is that not dissimilar to the way he exposed you to fire sign? Because I feel like you also were like not totally on board. Well,
3: all he knew was the one. He just knew, don't cross that Dwarf Handy me the pliers. Yeah. And he was like, uh, I know this is. Pretty advanced. You might like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it a listen. Yeah. And I listened to it twice in a row and just went, well, this has ruined me forever. <laughs> I don't think, I don't even know how you go about writing, creating something like yeah. this. No. This is insane. And, you know, and so again, I jumped off of there. And then it was great because I got to bring other fire sign records to my dad and, you know, we awesome. got to like, well, listen to them. And, you know, it was great showing him those things. And, you know, but again, it was it was cuz he was a fan but i turned into a super nerdy fan so mm. i was like oh you like this python thing then i would bring him something like yeah. you seen this look at this mm-hmm. you know, the doctor Fag, you know or whatever it is yeah um, uh, so it was it was yeah he was he was amazing with that stuff but yeah he was the reason i you know watched it was Charlie Chaplin when I was six years old for Halloween, <laughs> That's you know, handsome. and got in a fight with a friend of mine because he didn't you know who Charlie Chaplin was. <laughs>
2: it's like
3: you know, and the teacher called my mom like Jeremy got very
1: upset.
2: <laughs> That's like me with my kids. Um, yeah, I this past Halloween I had them. I have three boys, mm-hmm. so I dressed them up as the three Marx Brothers.
1: Oh, so good. <laughs> How yeah. old
2: are they? My oldest son is fourteen. <laughs> And then uh, 12, and then 8. Oh, and nice. so the 8-year-old was Chico. <laughs> nice. And then the 12-year-old was Harpo. And, Great. And then 14 was Groucho. But they really oh, yeah. like the Marx Brothers, because I exposed them and, what's not to like.
1: I yeah. mean, you're not. I mean, yeah. if, you,
3: if you don't like Marx Brothers, you don't like Bugs Bunny. You don't yeah. like, I mean, anything that's popular nowadays. So. Right. Absolutely. Right.
1: Yeah. Did your family expose you to comedy, too? Or was this a thing?
2: Yes. Uh, it was more of my step oh i had older step siblings okay and they kind of introduced me to python and um what else and it was like Saturday Night live was fairly fresh at the sure. time okay and uh it was python they also they also liked another show which doesn't seem like it should be in the same category but it was the the goodies i don't know if this. you've ever heard of the uh-uh. goodies it was another british show okay I'm not suggesting you check it out because you won't like it. <laughs> okay,
3: sure. No, but like for some reason, at bad. that age,
2: <laughs> yeah, for some reason at that age, I thought the goodies was pretty funny. Um, I'm gonna look it up now. Yeah, us, but... the goodies. So, um, but yeah, the, the the Python thing was through, through them, not not my parents though. I don't, my parents were never into it. Mm-hmm. But I think that was kind of for me, sort of the appeal mm-hmm. is that this was our thing. It was m- more youth. Humor sure. for us, I think, because my parents are probably older than your your dad, mm. um, so it was kind of like I mean, it was just you know, it's it's. I think everybody's when you first when you're at that young age and you're kind of forming your personality, and then you like you're saying you get hit with this thing that's so, it's like a boulder that just all of a sudden you just can't imagine you know how it cre- how it was created or, wh- it, it's just so funny it really mm-hmm. kind of rocks your world and then shapes you you know. yeah uh, you know, almost to the point of, you know, I had a lot of those things, like Steve Martin and mm-hmm. um, uh, all that stuff sort of... At, in the beginning, like, you just mimic it. I think that's how you you, yeah. you do with everything. I mean, I was that way with David Letterman. I was mm-hmm. that way with Steve Martin and the Python. You, you it's have like, to, though, right? You yeah. have to
3: steal at the
2: beginning. I think it's it's the way, you know, I'm also a musician, so it's like that with musicians. Like Absolutely. You, you, or, or any artist, I think, where, where you... You see something, you love it, and you copy it exactly. Yep. And there's nothing really beneath the surface other than you're just copying it. Yep. Yeah. And then hopefully, slowly, over time, as you kind of grow and mature into things, then it, you kind of create your own version that's influenced but mm-hmm. not exactly you're spewing back out right? you know the exact same thing because
3: yeah, there's I mean there's nothing new out of all of this but you know like right. you can take your own spin on something that they've got done over and over and over and over again wasn't yeah. the
1: coconut bit a goons bit before too Did if Was from it? what I understand they took the coconut bit not verbatim but pretty much the same piece <clears throat> from the yeah. goons well maybe yeah I I, mean, I, I remember, I've heard that I don't know if that's true I don't know the bit
3: I mean it's it's definitely a radio bit yeah of know? course it is yes definitely <laughs> is
2: or, or, or. and, but, and I, I also read that, that they originally planned to use horses I don't know if this is true or not oh, yeah. but, but budget wise they couldn't, legitimately afford, could it. couldn't afford, afford it, it. they yeah. could not afford it that's fucking great couldn't afford it yeah
3: they couldn't yeah. that's, what that's funny as shit because I
2: think I read the budget of Holy Grail was like $400,000 oh which is amazing yeah
1: it really is yeah Whoa.
2: you know you were talking about also uh See, you had a VHS machine. Did you have beta or VHS? VHS. VHS. Yeah, okay. my
3: dad rolled the dice and guessed correct. He guess, guessed <laughs> right. And he knew. He was like, you know, like this. I don't think it's. Everyone's been saying this isn't as good a machine, but I don't know. I'm going <laughs> to stick yeah. with it. And he <laughs> collected this library. And I mean, thank God, because it had things on it like. Um, uh, like, Rowan Atkinson Live. Awesome. He pulled that out of the air once, and I was just mm. like, what the hell is this? It's <laughs> right? That black adder guy doing this mime? It's brilliant. Awesome. Um, uh, what was another great one? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, weird things like Solar Babies, and, you know, like, just m- movies Solar that Babies. no one would
2: ever know about. <laughs> you know, just like crazy shit. Well, my family, we, we would not buy a VHS machine. That was way too luxurious. Sure, <laughs> sure. To <laughs> own one. Mm-hmm. But later, when I was, I think I was about in... It was one of my first jobs. I worked in a, a video store that was not even a, a full-fledged video store. It was an electronics store, okay. Jackson Electronics, that in the back had a tiny little thing that they were just trying out, a video store part of it. That's so I worked there, but and we carried VHS and Beta. But also we rented VHS machines right. because not everyone owned them, so it would be, you'd come in, I, remember I want to get a movie, and I need a VHS machine. So it's, it's so crazy like yeah. that, that was the, kind of the time and i could bring home so i could bring home a vhs once in a while from Mm -hmm. work but uh but we didn't own one i think till i don't even know if
1: i was still living at home Mm -hmm. by the time my my mom bought bought a vhs machine nobody was really buying the tape because i okay i remember and i could be remembering this wrong but i remember that dick tracy was such a massive flop when it came out and this was in the 90s so i mean vhs not on the way out yet but it was getting ready to be phased out that movie premiered on VHS at like a hundred dollars. And I we 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 saw it in the store. My mom like my mom was like, That movie was fun. Should we get it? And then we literally it was hundred dollars. The idea that a VHS tape ever costs that much money. Kinda yes. hurts my head. <laughs> and that movie, of all movies, I mean Al Pacino's greatest yeah, performance. Do they justify,
2: how do they justify hundred dollars? For any oh, movie, much less man. Dick Tracy. I don't
3: know. But... It was the avatar of its time, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, and you know, true. like it on the brand be... new medium, like or at least as new as they thought things were
2: going to get. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. but I don't think it was just, just Dick Tracy. I think they were all pretty expensive. Yeah. To yes. buy. To buy. Oh, to no. right? Right. oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. Oh. Well, as Arthur rides off, videos, uh,
5: mainly visuals from the countryside. A word about the podcast here at
4: well, the classic Hill is very fortunate in having entirely adequate parking facilities adjacent to the cinema. The car park itself has an asphalt base, rimmed with a four-inch concrete strip sunk into shale and brick-nogging to a depth of six feet. The parking area can accommodate up to 65 vehicles arranged in a crescent formation. Typical of the skill of architect Una Bolson, mother of Ken, father of John, is that the park is self-draining. Over to you, Dougie. And here
5: we are, back with the film, as Arthur approaches another cast. Uh, oh, 170 to 180 feet high, I should say, with an inner and outer bailey
4: in the... Oh, shut up! Oh.
1: The first time I saw this was way late. There are some movies my parents would not let me see, even though they were super open-minded by showing me. Anything with titties in it was okay. That was fine. But there are certain things... With certain content, Blazing Saddles, I was not allowed to watch oh, uh, until I was a late teen. Too bad. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know that I would have understood the irony until I was I, No, but it was that's perfect. just it.
3: Again, you don't get it. That's what's so great about sometimes seeing something like that when you're really young. Sure. Because you see it and you're like, okay, I got... They cut his arms off. Right, 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 right. Hysterical. Yeah. Get that. Yeah. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm that's Tom and Jerry for you. I get it. Sure. And then later, it's like oh, mm-hmm. I see. You know, he doesn't know big words. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like, I yeah. understand the whole opening with the airspeed velocity. I right. Have, I get it now. This is Right.
1: Yeah. I wish I had seen it
2: earlier. Well, what, so what do you think was in the content in there that they were trying to... I'm
1: wondering family? if they held this back for me or if it just somehow escaped me. Because I, I... My sister was at home with my mother because she's four years younger than me. So, as I was at school, <coughs> my sister was watching like Jeeves and Worcester with her, a bit of Fry and Laurie, all this great British shit that I missed out on until, honestly, only a few years ago. Uh, I think Monty Python, name. no, you're fine, my I think Monty is. Python might have been one thing, one of those things. Uh, I'm trying to, maybe I saw it earlier, but I distinctly remember the first time that I remember seeing this was same night I saw Spinal Tap for the first time, which was at the Unitarian Church in upstate New York, uh, where I grew up. Outside and, or uh, inside? I, I, the basement. Uh, it was like a sleepover, like maybe like a lock-in type thing. I don't fucking know. Wow. Was not it we a were, church function? It was, it was... Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Sort of. I Not really, because they were so... Because like, it's Unitarian. They didn't really... Oh, you Unitary, know. Right. Yeah. And I, my family is not religious. They just wanted a thing for me to do. So it was me and my <clears> best friend. <throat> and I'm pretty sure it was either this or Spinal Tap, where I watched it. It was hilarious. And all of a sudden, I'm like, there's a PA upstairs. Let's go run up and play with it. So I didn't see all of one of the two. But... It's just very weird that it was so late for me that, that this this one hit, and then eventually I obviously memorized most of it. And, and uh, I think, do you guys have a favorite? Because honestly, I was just thinking about it. every time I hear one of the jokes, especially listening to this, I'm convinced it's my favorite joke. Yeah. And then I, and I'm like, oh no, that one's my favorite. And that what the curtains might be my favorite line out of the whole movie, maybe. But that's maybe because I've heard it several times in the last couple days from listening to this.
3: The you—I say you I saying line or the scene. The, the line, line. Are you say
1: line. I think line, the favorite right? line, oh, but maybe god. favorite, almost favorite
3: scene because one line. Oh my god! There's
2: one line that cracks me up, and uh-huh. it's not—I don't necessarily think objectively—it's like the greatest joke, but mm-hmm. for some reason, it always gets me—is when he's uh, when Arthur is asking uh, uh, the French taunting guy, mm-hmm. saying like. He, he French hunter guy says, we already have one, a, a grail. Mm-hmm. He says, well, you already have one. He says, are you sure you have one? He says, yes, oh, it's yes, very it's, nice. It's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> and that kills me. Yeah, it's a great one. This is amazing writing to me that, it's just like, that's how I, that's how I know it's real. is because it's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Right. That's
3: a really good point. <laughs> and, I, and I love the following lines. Like, I told them we already got one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so fucking
2: great. And I don't know if you guys are like this, but mm-hmm. I know it, and we probably all know it so well that you forget almost what the jokes are. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Right. You know, so the stuff goes by you and you don't really take the time to think about it. Sure. Which is why you kind of need a vicarious person there with you mm-hmm. who hasn't maybe seen it. to really get those jokes again. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you have to have somebody less uh, knowledgeable about it and then they'll laugh and you're like yes that's right that is a joke well, isn't right. it? Yeah, yeah absolutely
3: it's like, it's like taking a kid to Disneyland for the first time you're like right. oh wait I forgot that is a real mouse and not some guy in <laughs> yeah. a suit yeah I we, guess
2: those pirates are kind of
3: scary yeah what? this is, this is kind of neat I like yeah. it here.
1: we get the same experience of doing the drinking game I think though sometimes I mm. forget some of the funny lines in movies or the shit that people remember more right, because yeah. Jeremy and I do this show every month where we do 80s movies we do a stage reading we drink the audience drinks and there's some shit once you we don't memorize it because you get too drunk to do that. You're reading along, but right. even if it's a movie you love, sometimes you love it so much, like Wayne's World's one of my favorite movies, and Blazing Saddle's one of my favorite, there's some bits and pieces here and there that I forget are jokes, you know, because yeah. I'm so used to it. Exactly. And then the audience just roars, and I'm like, oh fuck, that's right. That's a great line. And it is just, it, you really do need that. You yeah. need that, that added perspective to reappear. How often can you watch the movie? Because I have to give myself a year in between watches. Yeah. So right. that I don't get tired of it. Because <laughs> yeah. I could rewatch it all the time. Oh,
3: there's t- And, well I mean there there are movies that I don't even watch, I just listen to. Again, mm-hmm. it's that same thing. You know, like sure. I can put on singing in the rain and clean the house. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and holy grail is one of those, you know, and
2: it's comforting.
3: Yeah, and I you because know, it's almost it's 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 almost like a score mm-hmm. because I don't need to hear the whole thing because I could just jump in and out whenever I want. I know where we're at and you know. <laughs> And there's something so yeah, just comfortable about that.
2: It's it's weird too, is because this movie, Holy Grail, I would almost consider, you know, one of the funniest movies ever made. Oh yeah. But I sure. rarely watch it. Yeah. And I and I don't know if it's that's because I got so obsessed with it as a kid mm-hmm. that now it's sort of like, but I still acknowledge it as of
1: course one of the greatest.
2: Yeah. But why don't I watch it still? I I'm not exactly sure.
1: Yeah. You know. I don't. I I do I, I have this fear, because I'm just a nervous person, that I'm going to ruin it for myself, so that's why I give <laughs> myself time. This, Blazing Saddles, uh, Wayne's World, I don't care. I'll, I'll just keep watching it, because it's, it's dumber, and it's not the greatest movie of all time at all. It's just one of my favorites. Yeah. But this and Blazing Saddles are the two that I, will, I have to give myself at least <clears> six months, but usually a year between watching it um and mm-hmm. since we haven't done a drinking game of this it also hasn't gotten more tired for me because that also does make movies a little tired and i have to give myself extra time because mm-hmm. of that yes after performing it and doing an impression of it you know um but yeah it's a, it's a good question i don't know have you shown it to your kids all of your kids yes i have shown it
2: to them but uh skipping around a little bit because there are you know there is at the castle yeah. anthrax yeah
3: is probably that's... the most <laughs>
1: objectionable yeah in terms I, of sex
3: oh right. yes yeah <clears throat> I suppose I could say. a bit longer. <laughs> What's that? I suppose I could stay a bit longer. Yes, right.
2: So that's the only part... <laughs> yeah, okay, I can that, see that. And that. But obviously there's a lot of violence. Sure. Not to say that sex is the bad thing. Sure. And violence is fine. But... Um, but it's so cartoony... You know, like any blood that there is, like with, with the Black Knight and all this stuff, it's well, very cartoony.
3: Well, except for when uh, Lancelot comes back down the steps, and you it, see the aftermath of <laughs> what like, like, he does, oh like oh, literally yeah. coughing that's up right. the blood, yeah. and like, and they're staggering, and it's like, and it's just you know, like dragging limbs and people rolling in the mud, like that's graphic. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It is graphic, which I yeah.
3: love. I think it's so good. Sorry, sorry, everyone. It just starts <laughs> up again with the music. It's all brilliant. I, I get the great.
1: feeling listening to this, too, that as with all their albums, they really. They're taking piss the piss out of the album format, out of you for listening to it. There's a big deal. It's yeah. like, go see the movie. It really feels like, go see the movie. Why are you listening to this? There's really, <laughs> it, it's a really... It's, it's a slight fuck you. Yeah. Even it's like, we just made a whole new album for you for the most part. It's, what, 25% new material, but there if, is a bit that. of a half you there, yeah definitely
2: Because one of my favorite parts is right in the beginning when the movie starts mm-hmm. and John Cleese is sitting there narrating what's happening <laughs> <laughs>
3: and you can hear it oh I hope and this and you translates. can hear the movie
2: <laughs> yeah and he's kind of he's kind of watching and he just says it's going very well at the moment and he says it's pretty visual <laughs> And then, and then he starts. He's kind of describing. He goes like, "This King Arthur, has come up." He's describing what's happening, and then he starts describing what they're saying. saying. Yes,
3: <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It's like, he's going to talk about this again. Now okay. he's asking him for this, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> that he's, that, yeah, it really
2: is kind of playing up the whole, you know. They're making fun of, Oh, and then when the first line is spoken, mm-hmm. I think King Arthur says, whoa there, everyone in the, the audience la- busts up. Yeah. They <laughs> like laugh. It's, it's so hard. It's hysterical.
1: Like, way harder than, than anybody could be expected to laugh. Yeah. And, oh, it's so funny. And again, it kind of is like, nope, uh, they, they do feel like they're making fun of you for listening to this entire album. Yeah. And so it's... Uh, let's see. Uh, I just wanted to pull out the track listing just to make sure I didn't yeah. miss anything. There is a... There, <laughs> there a couple a couple like the standalone they're not standalone sketches they're all obviously within the context yeah. of the film yeah. but one of the longer bits that's really dumb and actually um a bit of Fry and Laurie kind of did the same sketch years later is the guy who's doing an analysis of the logic in right. the witch scene. Yes. Which also <laughs> one of my that might that might be my favorite scene when I first saw is the witch scene. Uh, but he's doing this whole analysis of logic that and every time he's just breaking down into the actual, the fact that his wife isn't logical and won't sleep with him, etc., into sleeping with the milkman. She's sleeping with the milkman. Yeah, it's mm. fucking fantastic. That's pretty great. It's so dumb. It's so stupid. <laughs> I can't tell if they're filling the album out or not.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I I wondered if they thought like, hey, we're gonna do an album of the movie, so we're gonna like put a bunch of clips onto an album, mm-hmm. and then they thought like that'll be easy. So this will be good. Like mm-hmm. all we have to do is pull clips off the movie. Yeah. And then I wonder if they, when they got into it, they thought you know, oh, I guess we're doing a lot more work than we really wanted right. to. Yeah. But it also feels, I don't know, if this is total conjecture on my part, sure. but it feels very thrown together. Like, yeah. like they weren't putting so much effort into the writing that, sure. you know, that maybe it wasn't really that hard for them to do.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, Although it is, like, at the very least, it's not, I love their clip albums as much as I love any of their other albums, but th- that is one difference here: is that there's no pre-existing sketches a- apart from what's in the film. It's all from one piece, right? You know, and it right. it, it, it it does it, at the beginning of the second uh, side as well. They yell at you for just so that you know that you
2: know that it's side two, right? and then they apologize for yelling at yelling, you for, yeah. for only for only for owners of the executive version which you all of a sudden realize now these announcements are on both the executive and the standard yes. and sorry about that That's great. Or, you know yelling
4: this is side two if you want to play the record from the beginning please turn over do not play this side if you want side one this is side two
0: We would like to apologize to purchasers of the executive version of this record for the peremptory nature of that announcement. The brusque tone was intended for buyers of the cheaper version.
2: That's on the second side. Is also one of, for some reason, one of my favorite things, which was the story of the film so far. Where yeah, uh, <laughs> right. I love that. <laughs> and I, that was one that I I made an effort to memorize as a kid. Really? Yeah. Just where Eric Idle just listing off a. a you know, impossible plot points that just mm-hmm. made no sense and he just strung them all along and I just remember, that was the type of thing that I was like, I gotta memorize this mm-hmm. because it's just, I can rattle this off to my friends and I uh-huh. think it's funny.
1: Did you share this with any friends? Did you, or was this you? Just you? Yes,
2: no, um, my friends were all into Python, huge into Python and that was what we did at the time is you would share a comedy or music like, um, you know, you're just making tapes for people all the sure. time. And that was a point of pride too, is to come up with something that no one else had and you would make them a tape Right. and yeah. be like, check this out, I, of course. I got some stuff here for you. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely, it was definitely like a bonding thing with, with my friends mm-hmm. All all this stuff. Um, that was, and that was all I based, I think even like who I became friends with. Yeah. That's who I thought was funny. Right. And, you know? And to this day, I think it's...
1: Did you live in a big ocean. area? Like, how how big... Uh, I lived in a town called Pleasanton, which was, at the time, probably about 100,000 people. Okay, all right. Not so huge, but... Not huge, but that's significant. Because, like, I grew up in a place where literally it was my best friend and I, and maybe <clears throat> my sister, who liked the same shit, and then nobody else that we could find. At, and you grew up in New York, so, I mean, you were fine. Yeah. Right? Were you yeah, fine?
3: Yeah. Uh, uh, no? Yeah, me, well, I went to a... a Highly touted nerd high school. Oh, okay. In okay. New York City, uh, Hunter College High Did School. Did you go to art
1: school? Confident. You went to the actual one from the N- movie. No, You're no, ready? no. We didn't. I didn't go to an art school. You didn't go to an art I went to something school.
3: better than that. Okay. Uh, it was yeah. It was just an academic magnet school in in Manhattan. It's on ninety fourth and Park. And um, if you've ever seen The Fisher King. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know where they break where Jeff Bridges breaks into the the, the big castle looking house that's okay. supposed to be across yeah, from yeah, the yeah. park. That's not actually across from the park, and that's my high school. That's your
1: high school. Yes. Interesting. That's where I
3: went to high school. And elementary school, oddly enough. Anyway, um <laughs> yes, while I was there, that's where it started and fortunately going to a, a nerd school you find other people who find things like Python are funny, which is great. Uh, so when I think we were in do tenth grade, uh <laughs> me and a couple of friends, three or four friends, started doing Python sketches on stage oh, sh- for the school at this thing <laughs> called like we had these arts days and we're you know and you could get up and play your you know uh, acoustic guitar like here's a sure. Joel song that I learned or you know yeah. like, here's my me and all my girlfriend's dance group you know and we're <laughs> gonna do this to this song or whatever it was.
2: Right, like, why go and seek out the actual episode when you can go and watch? Right, and we did some it. Teens recreating, and we did it
3: perfectly. I, love, I mean, verbatim. You know, who so would good. not want to? Who would not year fifteen-year-olds do the parrot sketch? Right, with an inflatable parrot in a cage <laughs> or whatever the hell. I don't even know what we used. I don't even know if we did that one. I mean, we did. We did a lot. Of, well, we did it once and everyone thought it was funny and yeah. they liked it yeah. and then we had a teacher come up to us like the next time and like literally come up to me and my friend and, and went so you guys are gonna you're gonna do another python sketch and we're like no we were glad we got out of that last one <laughs> we're like, we, didn't, we were I can't believe we had the balls to even try that he's like no you." she was like shit you have to do it Got to do it. It's so like, all right, I'm like, we'll I'll give you more time. Like, no, no, I don't want more time. You have to take more time. because do not enough. <laughs> like, all right, well, Jesus. So we did like two things, and then, like, by, by our senior year, you know, she was just like, do you want a half an hour? I'm like, we're not, we're not, we're not doing, <laughs> half an we're not going we're not doing the best of. It. It's not going to happen. Holy shit. But yeah, but like, it was, it was amazing but to have, you know, that kind of audience. And yeah, they just kept wanting to see it. You know, we never, I don't think we ever even doubled up. We just, like, what do we do now? We'll do the, um, We'll do mm. like the game show, you <laughs> know, like the Mrs. Scum. Yeah, <laughs> What's what swims in the ocean gets cotton nets, Henri bags, and no, no, and I'm like why are we? Why would anyone like that? Right,
1: right.
2: That's so funny. Yeah, you know, it's bizarre.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we did the bookshop once of course All right, but we did the cheese shop cheese that shop. was, yeah, that was, that that was cheese the boldest shop. one I think I actually memorized that yeah. or tried to
1: on my honeymoon uh, over Christmas and New Year's every time I saw a cheese from that sketch I took a picture of it I had no choice <laughs> nerd no choice nerd oh so good oh Red Lester Hiya. oh that's it's... how you spell that yeah right <laughs> so we're so, yeah, right yeah. fresh out of Red <laughs> Lester so, I couldn't help it like and I felt like an ass I'm just like I'm an American I, I'm stop this I just know. This is a cheese shop, so it's okay if I take pictures, right? That doesn't look weird, and too... I look like a connoisseur.
3: Oh, no. that looks yeah. so good, hundred <laughs> percent.
1: That was my biggest fear: is that people noticing how American I was no, being. Please. I just I, I held back. I held
2: that instead back. of seeing, like, did you go to actual? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went to several places. Museums we, sure <laughs> like
1: we tried to go to museums, but we ended up... Our timing was for shit, because we were there over Christmas and New Year's, so no one was there for anything. Mm. So it was... I mean, we went to Buckingham Palace, and literally no one was there. The Queen was out. The Queen, I think she lives in Scotland over those holidays, but no one was there. No guards, no nothing. Right. But I the could, cheese was... The cheese was there. Like one of the main draws. Oh, yeah, absolutely was. It's good. It was fantastic. Although there was no fridge in our hotel room, so we had to eat it. We had to eat all of it. So yeah. yeah. Not one, wasn't that much cheese. Actually, we ate a lot of cheese. When you're there, it was just beer and cheese the whole time. Yeah, it's fantastic.
2: I <laughs> get a lot of that,
1: but I did. I took a lot of pictures of cheese if 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 I recognized the name from the sketch, and kept te- texting my best friend them. And, and have <laughs>
2: you looked back on those pictures?
1: Not in a bit. I'm going to now that you say that though. Yeah, now I want to and I it will really bring want. back a lot
3: of good memories it will it will
1: I mean there's some other good memories of, of, of Honeymoon but you should,
3: you should put them all together in the right order <laughs> and should. make some big you know Monty Python meme you I know yeah, some nerd meme thing it's a really good like idea the cheeses and show the picture like while the
2: sketch is running mm-hmm. right
3: exactly mash it up there you go the
4: story of the film so
5: far Doug and Bob are metropolitan policemen with a difference Doug likes nothing more than slipping into little cocktail frocks while Bob bouffons his hair for a night on duty. Still, as they aren't in this film, we won't give their last names.
4: The real story of the film so far.
5: Plucky Reginald Vas Deferens is a nuclear scientist in love with Mafia boss Enrico Marx, who is himself married to Conchita Macbeth, a lively belly dancer at a Belgian disco. Whose manager, Burley Ivan Crab, has a naked daughter Janice engaged to J.J. Spim, a New York private detective, employed by elegant Laura Heron to trace the missing million-pound b-day that Hitler gave to Eva Brown as a bar mitzvah present during a state visit to Crufts, and which remained hidden until a World Cup referee Horst Jenkinson was found hanged in a New Jersey tenement with the plans of a Russian secret weapon partially tattooed on his elbow. In Brisbane, the Brain brothers, Nicky and Vance, Torture a Mayfair psychologist who reveals to Dora Brain in a tender and emotional death scene that his hair is not his own.
2: There's another uh, there's jeepers. another yeah. there's another one on here. Yes, if I may. Oh, you should. <laughs> um, that I I was just doing a little reading about it where uh it's the one it's an odd thing. It's the sk- it's I, it's where he's talking to the filmmaker. Uh-huh. I uh, forget his name about the uh, the a film he made starring Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> that's right. 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 That's right. <laughs> Which is a crazy sketch because it's almost like one that it's touching on on subject matter that you might shy away from because it's uh-huh. it's pretty you know it might not be considered a good in good taste. Uh, and I read that that was actually written by Douglas Adams.
1: What? Wow! Are you fucking oh.
2: kidding me? No, that's amazing. Yeah.
1: Oh shit! He had good.
2: a kind of a, a very kind of tenuous uh, connection with the Python guys. What the I know
1: that's so good huh I mean yeah, it's I just, a great sketch it it, it it goes down this rabbit hole so fast
2: right so for people who haven't heard it it's been <laughs> I, it's, I will put a clip I'll okay. Put a okay it's
1: briefly but...
2: you know him saying that I, I it's an interview of this director who's made a movie starring Marilyn Monroe and the guy is saying, well how did you do this because she's dead yes <laughs> and he says yes well we dug her up and we placed her in the movie and and he said, well what does she doing and he says she's usually like lying in a on the floor, falling out of cupboards, scaring it's children. Scaring
3: frightened <laughs> children. Scaring
2: children. He says, you know, yeah, was decomposition a problem? Yes, we had to put her in the fridge in between yeah. takes. So already it's kind of like, oh boy. It's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. And
3: then, and I mean, like, and it gets, and it, like you said, while like you said, it goes <laughs> down the rabbit hole so quick, and
2: yeah. Almost out of nowhere, because that that's like one idea, uh-huh. is that Marilyn Monroe, and then it's like, well, yes, wasn't she cremated? Yes. So she's really yeah. not in the movie, and, and yes, she's in the well, ashtray. She she's
3: in the ashtray in the fireplace, <laughs> in the fire grate. Yeah. And then he
2: says, "So she's really not in the movie." He says, "No." no and no then such. it switches gears instantly <laughs> for no reason. And he starts saying, "Like, aren't but you're like one of the film world's biggest queens, aren't you?" And I, yeah,
3: I forgot about that. It just
2: takes a left turn out of nowhere. And he says, yes. "Yes," and so he starts saying that you're like an effeminate, you know, uh, you know, like the most caricaturey gay person that there is and then he accuses him of being a pedophile <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> which he doesn't, of little
2: boys perverter of little boys which he doesn't deny right and then he says like is this part of the interview yeah. he goes well no I, I actually just want contacts <laughs> to find my own and I'm just like hearing it now uh huh I just go like, that is crazy. Like oh, yeah. it, It's funny, but it's yeah. so Oh, it's so, so wrong. Nuts.
3: And I also love how he backtracks, you know, like to uh-huh. get like back on it. like, let's not forget I have other dead celebrities. Yes, James. Film. Right, he's trying to get <laughs> it back on track. Right, and that's the package. you know, like, yeah, it's in the box.
2: Like, the... I know you've brought up my pedophilia. But but this will get us off that subject. Right, let's go
3: back to the more wholesome subject of a dead body on the right. set. Right,
2: and Michael Pannell will not give up. He just wants numbers yes. that he can call to get these right. little...
1: It's amazing. Oh, we've it's been amazing. off the
2: F.R.A. <laughs> <so genius. laughs> yes, yes.
3: it's It's a great bit. I don't know, that's so funny. <laughs> I know Douglas Adams wrote
1: that. That's, that's what great. I read. Yeah, and I... I... I don't have any reason to doubt it. Oh, I mean, yeah. I guess that would be one of the things that at least goes against my uh, the the appearance of slapdashness is that there are a couple pretty solid standalones. Yeah. You know, oh
3: yeah. I mean, I even love the beginning, you know, I, yes. because the first time I heard this was Probably on some compilation of a compilation of you know Monty Python stuff, mm-hmm. and I just love you know, the exact again in the executive intro with the 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 horrible things that you have to get, well, you know, like you know eight fucks, a cunt, and a foreskin. But mm-hmm. that's they're all in the <laughs> they're all in this, <laughs> and you're past them. So you know, yeah, so exactly. I just I love it. It's just a, yeah. that kind of immediate brilliance, you know, when you first hear it, you get you know <laughs> you want to stop and go. That's funny for so many reasons. Yeah.
2: And then that they just, they just, yeah, they do that. And then they do stuff that's, I don't know, maybe a little more subtle where it's like they're describing the parking area and they, they take time to describe the, the toilets and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what kind of, you know, cement was used and how deep yeah. the things go into the ground.
3: Richard. And also, who was on them first, right? Isn't that why their name is that? Is that what it was? I think it was that he was that he used. He them said first. something about Gary Cooper. I think yeah, that's like why. That's on, right, yeah. He, he used them first. That's why they're called that, uh, the Gary Cooper. <laughs> I
2: think that's what
1: it is. Yeah, yeah. Are there only. I think what there's else? only the two two songs on this whole thing. I was going to ask you, since you're a musician, I wanted to ask a little bit about. <laughs> it would be a little hard to say. Hey, did this music influence you? But I, I feel like the shit <laughs> does stick in your head. Absolutely. I mean, Neil Innes is a great brilliant writer I don't know if he wrote Knights of the Round Table but he at least wrote The Tale of Sir Robin those are the two songs I think that are on here yeah so the,
2: Sir Rob, The Tale of Sir Robin song definitely sticks with me in fact because I'm listening to this a little bit uh, that thing just goes through my head constantly and <laughs> it's super catchy mm-hmm. and just very well written like you said Neil is, is, is an amazing writer and uh, I don't know if it's had any influence on me but True. my god it's it's so funny and what's the other song you just mentioned? Uh, Nights oh, Next to the Round, Round Table. Table. Yeah. That's an amazing one just because Fantastic. it's 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 like uh, a built-in Easter egg in that you can't tell really what they're saying. Right. For I mean, I couldn't.
1: Yeah. Oh, not even
3: close. Not even close. I made it up in my own mind, made it work, and when I finally saw the lyrics, I was like, oh, you've got to be <laughs> of Wow. Not yeah. even close
2: on this one. I'm still that way with a few lines in, in Holy Grail mm-hmm. oh, yeah. where I have my own version of what they're saying. Sure. But...
3: Oh yeah, my 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 friend's most famous one is uh, after the uh, uh, the rabbit emerges and they all go like, "Oh, you boss, and they get all mad at him. Uh, a friend of mine thought um, Eric Idle as Robin says, "I sawed my arm off. I was so scared." What? Sawed my arm off, <laughs> and I was like, "No, I think it's I soiled my armor. I was so scared." And he goes, "That makes a lot more sense." But
1: you can see.
3: Why but yes. yeah, it you was know, like it was like the, it was close. like the first version of bad lip reading. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like yes. I oh saw my mom off. I was so scared. And I was like, "Yeah, say it," and it sounds exactly the same.
2: Well, and I got a DVD uh, that was some special edition DVD uh, mm-hmm. a while back that came with the screenplay. What? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's this little book. But I can't. I'm trying to read it. Going like, did this come after? Like, did they transcribe it, or was this like an original right. screenplay? Because yeah, some right, of it's right. different. Really. Really. yeah so it's and, and different in a way that makes me go like well this isn't just someone mistranscribing yeah it. it seems like it was maybe the original screenplay interesting and some of that but then they say stuff that I go like well that doesn't sound like anything that, that they say in the final movie that's interesting um this is very this is very <laughs> bizarre but you know there's a part at the bridge of death mm-hmm. where uh He's. they're explaining to Sir Robin or they're explaining to everybody like how it works and you have to answer the questions or you'll get yeah. going to the gorge the five questions
3: yeah and three questions
2: <laughs> so when it's described to him that you'll get thrown into the, the gorge Robin Sir Robin says something uh-huh. that I always thought he said something like I won't go okay okay do you know the line I'm talking about? I mean, I
3: know the scene, but I mean, like, I don't know the exact. I'm trying to think of what the exact line is. In
2: this little script, I was looking up, and it just said something like, "Oh, wacko," or something like that. Some very <laughs> like weird... he's a wacko, or okay, and that's what it said in this script. But I don't think that's what he's saying. Yeah, that's okay. definitely not, not what he's saying. That's really weirding. I yeah. know
3: if there was a wacko in the script, you would think I don't so,
2: think right? So. It's not that's strange. Yeah. strange. Yeah. I could swear he says like, "I won't go," like, "I won't go." I'm not going to do that. Yeah, yeah. That's I don't good. know. That's a weird word choice. Those lots, lots ago. Right, right, right. Hey, I got a great idea. Yeah,
3: um, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's it. That's what he says. That's it. Hey, I don't think there's a wacko in there. I don't, I
2: don't think remember. so either, but it's it's that type of thing. that It's so funny because I think they, I I, I think I've seen in interviews where the pythons were surprised that it was so popular. Uh. there's just flying circus and all that stuff in America because they kind of thought like, it, aren't we doing incredibly British humor, mm-hmm. and aren't they not going to get these references and maybe oh, not boy. even understand what we're saying? That's all true, <laughs> yeah, it's that there's a lot of stuff we don't is, understand a lot of references we don't understand absolutely a lot of ways they pronounce things that we don't get, mm-hmm. but that didn't stop us from just loving it. Oh yeah, you know
3: uh, no not at all. In fact, it almost made it almost more desirable and exotic exactly
1: yeah. you want to decipher that shit, and that's this is probably one of the reasons why I mean I was why I became so obsessed with English shit. I mean, my mom would always watch it, because we lived there briefly, and so she was obsessed with English stuff, but, like, trying to decipher the stuff that was so funny, and I knew I was supposed to laugh at this moment, but I wasn't sure what I missed, you know, breaking <laughs> right. it all apart like that. Oh, yeah. so good. Well, and these guys,
2: like, I think, like any great comedians, it's almost like their delivery is so good mm-hmm. that you almost don't have to totally understand what they're
1: saying. Mm-hmm. The delivery in itself <laughs> can be just hysterical. Did yep.
3: yeah. you guys... Yeah. Did
1: either of you see an hour for something completely different before this, or was that something? You did was this the first movie? I think this is the first movie yeah, I saw. This okay. is
3: the first movie I saw because I I basically I was being introduced to flying circus and it was oh right it was yeah you tough saw that, yeah. tough coming along mm-hmm. and my father sat me down on the with this and I was like. All right, I'm in. And I just watched them one right after the next. And I'm like, brilliant. This is brilliant. This is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Okay, what's this? Life of Brian. Let's do it. You know, this is better <laughs> than the other movie. All right. Um, you know, that was it. One right after the other. Just nom, 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 nom. Of course. You
2: know? What's weird to me is that you as a kid liked Faulty Towers more than... I know. More than I thought, Faulty Towers would be a little less accessible for like an eleven. Would you say you were eleven? Yeah. Seven.
3: Well, no, no, no. I started started watching it when I was about you know eight, nine years yeah. old. Yeah, yeah. That so... seems
1: strange to me. That yeah that, w- that would have been was there something else that you were watching that that would have just been a little more palatable for you <laughs> I you... have no I mean like it's like, so like I, would, I would
3: sit down you know like cause like Three's Company and things like yeah. that were on so, so you'd know. watch those in the afternoon I guess it was more typical sitcom yes because you know like how many sketch shows do you get to see when you're a kid yeah I guess so huh? you know I mean like everything kind of has that feel to it but a cartoon's a cartoon it's something for different sure. even though it's it might be vignettes yeah. you know like if you don't have you can't do that on television and you know you don't can't stay up till eleven thirty on a Saturday, mm-hmm. and i not gonna see a sketch you know that's um, true uh although my my dad didn't let me watch um uh, your show of shows, awesome, which helped wow. us immensely with that, so you know like that was I started watching more of that, and then you know Python came along pretty easily um yeah, and then of course. Found all the scripts and then the DVDs came out, Mm -hmm. so it just became, you know, and
2: now I have them
3: all and I never watch them.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying, too. I have all the DVDs. Never watch them. Never Never watch them. Sometimes
3: I look at them and I go, I'm glad I have this. (laughs) Yep, yep. And I don't don't plan. I have the same problem.
0: Scaring the children. But surely Um. Miss
5: Monroe was cremated.
0: Well, uh, we had to use a stand-in for some of the more visible shots. Ah, uh, another actress. A dead actress, but Munro was in shot the whole time. How? Oh, in the ashtray
4: and a fire grate and a vacuum cleaner. So Marilyn does not appear in the film? Not as such. Mr French, you're one of the film world's most arrogant queens. I mean, not just homosexual or gay or anything. I mean, you are a raving queen. Well, yes. I mean, a real screamer, a real, whoops, get her, don't mind me, dear, limp-wristed caricature. Is that not in order? No, no, that's fine. And I understand that you married the beautiful black heiress, Huina Tanoy, partly for the publicity, but mostly to cover up the fact that you prefer going out with little boys. Look, really? Carl, you're an effeminate little puff, a mincing gay bar loiterer, a winnett-covered walking perfume shop, and an evil perverter of innocent little boys. What? Really? Is this part of the interview? No, 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 I, I just wanted a few contacts. Well, shouldn't we be talking about the film? We've been off the air for ages. Now, where'd you find them? Look, I think we are still on the air. Oh, so the fucking air. Can't you still get locked up for that sort of thing? Well, what about the film? Just a few addresses, please. Look, we've got James Dean in it, in a box. I, I can turn the microphone off if you want. And bits of Jane Mansfield.
2: And, uh, and do you feel that way about digital files? Do you do you, you, do you want to own the physical disc? No. I used to feel that way. Now I just
3: care. Now I, I'm like, if I can have 700 movies on something the size of a play a of playing cards, I'm like, it's cool because I never really cared about the extras and the original because that that doesn't. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I care about the movie. I care mm-hmm. about the movie I saw the first time. Yeah, or the movie the way it's supposed to be seen. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I like. That's the thing the director wanted me to see. The yep. actor, the everyone. That's yep. the product. You know, if if you love the commentary, then you don't really love the movie. <laughs> well, I don't
2: know if I'd say that. You
3: can you can love the movie with the commentary, but if you can't watch the movie on its own without the commentary, oh, you know what I mean? Like, sure. if that's, that's the draw for it, then maybe you that don't love the weird. movie so much. That that's what I'm
1: saying. Yeah, with movies, I'm getting more that way. Albums, no, though. I still really like having them in my hand. It's a big thing for me. Yeah. But again that's because you were given the movies there was never anything else that you were supposed to have with it. the albums there was no here's all your shit here's your liner notes here's your fucking poster of Steve Martin or whatever yeah so that's that's a big thing. There's not a lot on this one, but at least there's, everything there's, on there seems to be quite. Funny. And like all these little quotes down here. Uh huh. Well, like and, I laughed until I stopped. And,
3: <laughs> and, yeah, and, and there's and there's really something great. Can I actually just say for one second? And for everyone, you'll have to you know please take whatever supplement you enjoy to visualize things and come with me. <laughs> one of the things I love about some of the artwork on these albums is. They go, like you said, they pay attention to the details, the little things that most people wouldn't think about. And this is just your typical, you know, Terry Gilliam artwork. Mm -hmm. You know, big words, you've got your little cartoony hand with the goblet in the corner and all this. And on the back you've got the your warning and everything else. But the actual print has got the picture (laughs) folded over (laughs) poorly and taped. Yeah. so like who was just like oh this is what it is and just folded it up and like oh there's room put it in here you know I mean like I That's love brilliant. yeah just that tiny attention to detail I love things like that
2: you know and, and what I was thinking too is is on the cover which I don't know you can look it up to see what it looks like but it's like the words holy grail which you'd think like a marketing guy would really want to push <laughs> really good point yeah are the smallest possible It's it's like a Star Wars crawl yep. yeah Kind of almost in sort of top down, and the words of holy grail are tiny, tiny, way in the distance. I mean, the only thing you the words that are the biggest are the album, and yeah, then it I just know. gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And then the actual picture of the python, tiny, super tiny, so it seems like one of the worst ways to market a
1: absolutely
2: a, a, an album, yeah, which is, is great, brilliant, and yeah, like the back, like you said, it just it's. It's like, it's kind of like uh, you know their thing of yeah sending up the whole idea of also trying to make something look fancy and then you turn it over right and it's like, oh it's, oh, it's know, like, completely taped up know, and right. thrown together <laughs> it looks
3: like crap <laughs> it looks good from this angle
1: yeah 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 <laughs> oh so, man yeah. so moving on from here just a little bit like sure. was this what was the first <laughs> comedy album you ever owned actually we'll go back rather than forward first first
2: comedy album I think it was probably Let's Get Small uh huh. Uh, which was gigantic of course you know that when I heard that and um, Wild and Crazy Guy mm-hmm. that blew my mind Yeah, I'd never heard anything like that and um, uh, from then I think uh, what else did my my, my older uh, siblings step siblings had I think they had some National Lampoon albums mm-hmm. um, what else did I listen to there was a, you were talking about those flexi discs. Yeah, I think I, they were, uh, I also had like a Mad Magazine that came with a flexi disc yes. record that was the kind that, um, it was this one where it had it seven different endings, endings. Oh, it's a different one. I'm sorry. Oh, you don't have? No. It's, it's like, I forget what the song is called. Like, it's a great, big, wonderful, beautiful, spectacular day or something like that. Okay. So it starts out all really nice and then there's seven different endings about how your day can go bad. Okay, all right. And it's just one of those things, like Python had one like that where it would, there's a different grooves. There's and two it would, grooves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This one would skip, it would get to a certain part and then skip to a random That's fucking groove. Awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. Wow. And it was like a little, one of the little flexi
1: discs that you got in the That's so good. In the magazine. I only knew about It's a Gas, which is just a song of farts. Okay. That, that was also in my magazine. <laughs> one that my mom really loved as a kid.
3: Not as well
1: executed as not <laughs> <And he was laughs> Nope, doesn't and... sound like it. Nope, sounds like a little more arty. That's yeah. Awesome. I
2: never read much Mag- Mad Magazine, but for some reason I listened to that album quite a bit. Yeah. An album? It was a song. It was one song. <laughs> sure, That's sure. sure. Was.
3: I was, uh, yes, I was a big Mad Magazine fan, but I never got that one. The only flexi disc I remember, I remember having two. One of them was from a Bloom County compilation. <laughs> all right. Uh, from you know whatever the fake band was from that, and the other one was, I believe. The one I got from the newspaper for the two Old beef patties special. I, <laughs> I remember that. that they wow. And so I had that one for a while. I, I think I I held on to that until it actually just disintegrated. Wow. Kind of from before. overuse. Not even overuse. Oh. I think it was like the third play. At that mm-hmm. point, it just okay. held on to it so long. It was just like we're gonna try it one more time, and it just kind of went psh, psh, like through it, and, you know, and that was it, and you know, kind of destroyed itself. But yeah, no, I played a couple times. I'm trying to think.
1: I had one that was that came with an ALF puppet at Burger King it might have been ALF saying that's sang, like
3: something. all the 80's things yeah.
1: wrapped up in the one it really is and I don't know I don't have the record anymore I have an ALF puppet somewhere still that I don't wow. know that's pretty fantastic he's in a Hawaiian shirt it's fantastic. I and know. it came with a, with, a, with a record of what ALF saying funny things I think it was him singing I don't know the song <laughs> singing yes it, it was a song but I don't remember if it was him I'm gonna have to look it up on YouTube because I guarantee it's there but yeah it came with the song and I Willie really? <laughs> by the way Alf? they're apparently working on an ALF movie yes and of course, course. just yeah. side note just
2: now like, isn't that? Uh, not to take it too far so, afield but yeah. isn't haven't you heard that the guy who does the character the voice of ALF is just un, just unbearable to work with
1: I haven't heard that but I wouldn't oh, I mean really? you know there's I mean, yeah, yeah there's, really the stuff,
2: there's stuff that I've seen I think it's on YouTube uh-huh. about like the cast or you know basically talking about how this this guy was just a, just a dictator on the set wow. and, and because they couldn't shoot it because they couldn't shoot it as, like, a regular sitcom with an audience. Yeah. So it was incredible. It was shot like a sitcom, but without an audience, because uh-huh. they had to reset ALF all the time. And, I, and, I, and from what I heard, the guy is just a total bastard and a racist and all oh, this. No. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. But that <laughs> shouldn't take away your enjoyment of ALF. No, Which I I, it's funny. I I thought was was it's not like funny too.
1: Because because Alf anybody, and also no.
3: Alf is is great. It's just the man yeah, who played. Just the man who
1: played. Yeah, right. totally. Different. Wait, is it possible that Bill Cosby is a puppet? Can is it possible that no? Is At no? this point, I don't know. At this Are you point, hoping maybe... that he is a puppet yes. for some reason? Yeah. No so that the puppeteer's to... the creep, and then the Bill Cosby is an actual yeah. puppet. Right. I got you. What I if you. we re-record himself with a puppet so that people can disassociate?
3: I don't think that's going to help anything. You don't think so? I use this puppet. while well, he's not playing.
1: No. It's not, it's not race-dependent, any of his material, I don't think. So could, you could still... <laughs> you no? can
3: try it. I yeah, would, here, grab, grab the puppet. Yeah,
1: okay.
4: <laughs> <And> <laughs> <dream>. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's not the Try it? some yeah. of it.
5: <laughs> well uh, back here uh, at the classic i have good news that vincent wong are uh, horribly mutilated though he is his partly dismembered shoulder bound together with an old print off top hat has managed to select the correct reel and we're back with monte python and the holy grail once again
4: As Sir Lancelot, the boldest and most expensive of the knights, lost his way in the forest of Ewing, at nearby Swamp Castle, a celebration was underway. One day, lad, all this will be yours. What, the curtains? No, not the curtains, lad. All that you can see, stretched out over the hills and valleys of this land, that'll be your kingdom, lad. Mother... Father, lad, father. but, But, father, I don't want any of that. Listen, lad, I built this kingdom up from nothing. When I started here, all the was were swamp. Well, the king said I was daft to build a castle on a swamp. But I built it all the same, just to show them. It sank into the swamp. So, I built a second one. That sank into the swamp. So I built a third one. That burned down, fell over, then sank into the swamp. But the fourth one stayed up. And that's what you're going to get, lad. The strongest castle in these eyes. But I don't want any of that. I'd rather... Rather what? I'd rather just sing.
1: Stop that, stop that. You're not going into a song while I'm here. I have actually somewhere, uh, I, I released it as a mini podcast once, I have the first Flexi Disc. It's from the 50s. The first yeah. Flexi Disc ever made? But it was on paper. It was on paper with wax over it. It's Bing Crosby, Rosemary Clooney, a couple other ba- Louis Armstrong, a couple other people at the time advertising the roll Razor, and it is dumb, but it's four minutes long, and the music's great, and of course, because it's all these amazing musicians. But wow, and it came in a magazine? It came something? in a magazine. I don't remember which one, but uh, yeah, it was supposedly the first one. According to itself, it was the first record to be used that way. Interesting. Yeah, yeah it's kind of weird. Not that funny, but I did release it as a podcast, because why not? It was cute. It was weird, weird little find yeah. sitting around at somebody's estate sale. Yeah, interesting. All right, well, I always ask people at the end, uh to recommend why they should first of all if you've never heard of monty python i don't know what to say but he is so
3: funny <laughs> that he monty is. python
1: guy yeah um <clears throat> why recommend this movie this and no you know what? let's just stick to the album why listen to this album why is it worth listening to this album even if you've already seen the movie i think it was it i think it's worth a
2: listen because of like what we were saying i think it's different from the other python albums in that it's not just a rehash of sketches that Mm you've maybe heard and maybe re-recorded. Yeah. Um, I think it's because it is there is a a fair amount of new material on there that you probably have just never heard. Yeah. And um, I didn't mean to make it sound like it was thrown together and not good.
1: No, 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 no. I think we've all established that it intentionally kind of sounds a little off-kilter. Yeah. Like it was supposed to be Slapdash, making fun of the idea, I think.
2: And I I think all the Holy Grail stuff, it really stands up to just listening to it mm-hmm. I don't think you have to like obviously that was my main experience was listening to it mm-hmm. I think it really is fine just listening to it because of the way you know the, we talk about like you know, the music of the way that they spoke
1: mm-hmm.
2: I think it it's uh, you can listen to it in the car
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I had to listening to sure. it right here. Yeah,
2: yeah. so I, I don't know. I mean, I think there's there's a there's some good new material on there if you haven't heard it. Yeah, and uh, it's always worth a re-listen to some of those classic uh, Holy Grail uh, scenes. Yeah, that that's my pitch. That's a good pitch, Jeremy.
3: Um, I don't think it's worthwhile. Kids, save yourself a lot of time. Um, it's I mean, it's only men who are listening to this. So don't, don't, don't do this. Date instead. Don't mention Python. Don't mention comic books, magic cards. I mean, it, there are certain things. Run, run, young men, no. from this. No. Um, <laughs> but wait a second.
2: That's a, that's a given. <laughs> yeah, so just, you should never right, ever no, no. quote
1: Python to <laughs> thinking a, you're going to get a oh, girl. No oh, lies, no, no, no. lies. Oh uh, well, my wife is not here. Yeah, okay. See, she they, is.
3: That's just it. There's a, there was a letter on the I'm, coffee table, by the
2: way. <laughs> Wait, I'm not saying there aren't women who won't respond to it. I'm <laughs> just sure. saying you should never assume. Don't that assume because oh, no, it's assume. the exception more than the rule. That it, it probably possibly. even if they like Python,
1: they're not sure. going to like someone quoting Python. Oh no, yes. nobody likes that. No, I mean I'm a nerd, and if you got to do it, just right at the the right time, right? Because otherwise, you might seem like a hack. Not don't worry too much about <laughs> seeming like a hack, but you're going to. It's just you know, if, if you're 12 to 17, it's okay. If you're one to 17, you're right. quite, If you're one and quoting Python, fan, that's pretty great. Fantastic. If you're speaking
3: at that age and can get that accent, exactly down, right. It's exactly. timing. It's I more mean, the timing, actually. That's we're,
1: the
2: we're here to talk about it, and I felt <laughs> awkward <laughs> quoting it.
3: <laughs> and, <laughs> good for you. You know what I mean?
2: Uh, what? I, I don't know if you've noticed, but I didn't attempt any accent while doing it. Good for you. I Only can't. for my. I, no, I don't blame you at all. <laughs> I don't blame you at all, Jeremy. But for me, it's it's my own issue that yeah. I just I can't bring myself. And I do feel uncomfortable saying the lines. Which is funny because you
1: do improv. I mean, you're right? a very funny improviser and yet... That's funny. That's funny that you don't... That's the one thing you don't want to touch. I don't want to touch it. All right. I can you, respect man. it. Yes, I respect absolutely. it. Because I, I sound I mean, like an asshole if I do it. I'll do it. I don't care. Oh, he I, does. And he does it all the time. Just because he's not doing it here, doesn't mean he won't do it. There we go. Um, yeah. Done. Done and done.
3: Yeah, no, I just... I think it's so... And I, I just wanted to back up what you said before. I think there is something really to listening to all of this stuff because it's great to see it, but there's... Something to be said for comedy so good you don't even need a visual aid to go with it. You mm-hmm. can see the whole scene. all you need are the voices and the timing that's it yeah. it's about the writing and the timing yeah and uh the and the new stuff in it is great it's really good yeah. the the sketches in it the new stuff is great, but not to mention the stuff in the movie that they do choose to to take out it's these great big long chunks uh-huh. and they had, there's nothing's lost sure. nothing's lost i mean i I'm like you. In fact, when when I started converting things to MP3s and fours and whatevers, uh, I put Holy Grail, Casablanca, and Singing in the Rain. And sometimes, like when I was just tired of fishing around on the computer, you know, like on the radio, or whatever it was, I would just start listening to the soundtrack. Even like like with the MGM logo at the beginning and everything. Oh no, uh, Night of the Opera was on there as oh, well. Oh yeah, solid. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it was just those four. And it was just so funny because I had them on a playlist and one would finish and the next one would start. And I was just like, oh, is this is good. i know mean, just listen to this for a while.
2: And isn't it the best feeling? I don't know if you feel this way, but at the beginning of something, when you know it's long and you know it's good. And you're like, let's go. And you're like, we're right in the beginning. There's a lot more to come. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a really good feeling. I don't know if I could describe yeah. that comforting feeling of like, ah, oh, it's right in the beginning. Yeah. So literally- there's another... Hour and a
1: half of this, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. it so really good. does set you up for just it's great. Co- potential fall, but it never fails ever. It's just that cause credit sequence is hard to top. But oh my god, no god! Yes. Like I don't know why. I can't describe as to why because you would think everybody's done what you could do with credits at this point, but uh, nope, absolutely not. You can go back to that every time, and there's yeah, frame by frame. It's yeah, it's covers. amazing how uh, usually undated
2: all the the Python comedy mm-hmm. yeah. is. You know, yeah. I guess it's because they really weren't. I mean, they just didn't do a lot of topical mm. stuff. Every,
3: every once in a while, you'll see them make a, a reference to some, you know, pop politician, singer man. or politician or, mm-hmm. or something like that. But they usually keep that on the things that are either so big or so of a moment that it's really more just like insert popular crap singer here, insert yeah. crooked politician here, yeah. You know, and it doesn't matter who it is; you just get it.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. You and think... then they hit
3: people with fish. Absolutely great! Yeah, yeah. F- it really
2: was the high and the low. Oh, I love it. <laughs> you know, there's the you know they're discussing art and and all these like you know Renaissance painters and then slapping people and then with fish.
3: He hit someone with a
5: fish and they <laughs> fall in the canal.
2: It's so fantastic.
1: Great. Yeah. I think the first word they ever said that made me laugh really hard because I didn't know what it was was blancmange. And that just killed me. And I was like, I, I never bothered to look it up because it was just right, too funny just to too hear. Good. I'm like, I got it. It's a dessert. It's I a dessert. Understand. It's funny.
3: That's it's fighting a Scottish guy.
1: Exactly it's right. Hysterical. It was all right. too good. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I had that exact thing. I had no idea what, what a blancmange was. Yeah. Yeah. I just assumed. I'm still not sure. I think it's some marshmallow It's marshmallow-y. a gross jelly Did marshmallowy yeah. thing. I it's think gross. of it as a, a big marshmallow. But yeah, it's probably more... Yeah, it's not. Gelatinous. It, yeah, it's not good. Not pleasant
1: at all. Yeah. It's a thing yeah. I think they grew up in times with because, the, from what I've seen, it was very popular, at least right after the war. Yeah. And gross.
2: Everything was jelly. But they mean to win Wimbledon.
1: That's exactly right. <laughs> Exactly right.
3: It's just again, <laughs> it it showed you so many good things. It had a, they do all the classic timing bits. They can do a who's on first, but they also can hit you with a non sequitur that you know, it's like <laughs> you know even. You know, you know, tonight on it's the mind we discover this yes. <laughs> phenomenon déjà vu. You know, just the mustache on the glasses. You know, the hand and the glass. And thank you. You know, it's a, uh, yeah, fine, thank you. Fine. I, it's just you know, it just they 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 pushed it in every way, and thank God, you know, things like Fireside Theater existed too because yeah. it was such a great time for comedy. Uh, yeah. because you can could, you could, it's all of it it was the classic stuff and this new yeah this is completely absurd and that's kind of funny too
1: yeah absolutely
3: you're the best at it
1: well I'm not going to bother recommending it because I obviously recommend it but you guys have, have said more than enough it's uh... yeah listen to it go find it you can I'm sure I know you can get mp3s of this but you know there's there's stuff that's on the cd release that is not on the original lp
0: for really purchasers right. of the cheaper version of this record it has already ended for purchasers of the executive version, there are three more minutes of this album. These three minutes are introduced personally by Sir Kenneth Clarke.
4: Hello? This is a very nice record, this is. It's a very, very nice record. That's why I like it because it's very nice
0: uh no no that was him yes oh yes what well well he um he had a bit of a cold no I promise you it was look look please you'll miss the end of the story
1: um, okay now cut back in now. <laughs> now um but yeah the cd has more track has more like a couple additional tracks so you know it's worth seeking out the vinyl yeah, or just listening to Money Python.
3: Or just uh, didn't the Bee Gees do a version? Certainly after their um, Sergeant Pepper. Oh what uh, didn't they do? Um, Bee Gees did re- record the whole thing. I hope so. Is that me? I, I hope know. they do. I, yeah, really yeah. I, I dreamed. Holy day. crap, Sergeant
1: Pepper! We should do an album, uh, an episode on that at some point too. Holy good god, yeah, the Sergeant he... Pepper movie, fucking upsetting. Um, <laughs> James, yes, do you Jesus. have anything to promote, and where can we find you online? You know,
2: that's a good question. I am on uh, Twitter. Mm -hmm. That's just my name, James Bladen, B-L-A-D-O-N. But Mm -hmm. I don't tweet. That's my caveat. I notice that, yeah. Yeah. That's your thing? That's my thing. Other
3: people do do that right thing, and you don't. That's (laughs) That's my twist.
2: That's my twist on it, is that I really (laughs) don't tweet. I did originally, Uh and then it got to be, I just saw it as this rushing stream Mm -hmm. of, things that were going by so fast and i found that if i were looking at it it made me stress just yes. looking at the stream of absolutely jokes things. going by yep i don't like it yeah and I, I do it but i don't like it oh you do you do it but it's under protest Yeah, i don't like looking at it it's gross yeah yeah it's, i don't look at it generally
3: That's, i mean honestly that's exactly how and why i do heroin oh understandable yeah. yeah i don't like it but i do it and i don't look so it makes it better <laughs> I mean, my arm is. A you don't look as you Show. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because I can't. I, it's like if like, I don't notice, it's not as bad, you know. Yeah. I miss. A you lot. surprise
1: yourself. you try to surprise yourself.
3: Yeah, well, it's always a surprise okay. when okay. you don't hit it right. It's a surprise, yeah. and then when you do, it's even better surprise. But it's after a couple of tries. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh,
2: I do, though. Have uh, you know? I'm associated with Super Ego yes, podcast. I do the music for them. I'm, I appear in some sketches with them. Mm-hmm. But we also started a new podcast called. Super Ego presents Forgotten Classics Really? Yes Which is not available Quite yet But okay. it's going to be On a new It's called It's going to be called The Howl Network Which is a, a Another Subscription Earwolf based Earwolf Okay Yes Interesting Um And the concept behind that is that we take a classic novel mm-hmm. that you probably should have read mm-hmm. or you sh- should probably know, but we don't mm-hmm. and you destroy and, it, and we improv our way through it So good with, without, we're just knowing that we use the first and last line of the novel uh-huh. and then the character names <laughs> <laughs> and then that's it. So the first episode is weathering Heights. Nice. Oh God. But none of us amazing, knew it all. Man. So it's, it's me and, and, uh, <laughs> Matt Worley and Paula Tompkins and Mark McConville Fantastic. and Jeremy Carter. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that that's really fun. We turn, turned in the first episode, and the second episode I'm kind of editing right now, uh-huh. and that's um, Red Badge of Courage. Yep. <laughs> so that's, that's right. uh, we're getting ready to... So that's going to be... I'm not exactly sure when that's okay. rolling out exactly, all right. but that's going to be on Howl. And um, what else? I mean, I've I've done a couple... Uh, I think there's an upcoming episode of uh, Paul Tompkins' uh, Spontane Nation that yes you were ju- i on. just heard you on one the other day i was just on one mm-hmm. you got another one coming up there's another one uh yes and i don't know when that
1: is <laughs> <laughs> but listen you should listen to the podcast because it's fun absolutely yeah i feel like you're underselling though your work with superego if only because you were doing music post-fact oh correct? yes i mean jeremy carter is singing as Shunk mcgupin and then you lay it in all later correct that's right that's that's that just seems impossible. And then him and Nico Case singing together, you've got two people with a melody in their head that they hope matches up, and then you have to figure out what that is.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah. and the funny thing is, yeah, Nico Case, who is amazing, um but yeah, that that was a it was a little crazier one for some reason because the other ones we did with um James oh. Urbaniak and uh uh-huh. with uh he did his David Bowie uh, Yes. and um <laughs> But I think... I, I listened to you, to the episode with Matt Gorley on it, and he mentioned a little bit about how Jeremy is very good at uh, sort of singing a cappella to a key. Like yeah. He'll, you know, and... So he actually makes the job a lot easier okay. by singing in a specific key. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, And at first... I didn't even adjust, I, did, I felt like I wanted to do this as purely as possible, so I didn't adjust the tempo, I didn't like edit them at all, uh-huh. so the tempo of the songs would be kind of slowing down and speeding up, right. and I realized I'm making it too difficult for myself, so I think I'm on one of the last, uh, maybe on the Nico case one, I sort of adjusted tempo a little bit, mm-hmm. and I maybe even pitch shifted one of their things, because, Okay. you know, it's really hard, I don't know how they're doing it, I, I think it's right. really hard for them to just make up uh, a melody, Absolutely. and especially when they're trying to sing a sort of a duet. Mm-hmm. From the air.
3: insane.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I give them so much credit for, for trying to do that. Yeah, And then just going in and,
1: you know, just trying to find something that works underneath it. Is yeah. What, is what I was doing. At least you... I'm assuming then you've got a little more time to do Mount Us more. Yes. Right. So I
2: produced that album and play a lot of the instruments on it. Um, I've listened to this countless
1: times. Have you? It is one of my favorite comedy albums of all time. Wow. It is... It, it just stands you have to re-listen to it it's too catchy it's so fucking good <laughs> thank Again, you it's mount us more by the journeyman is there a, a song a Super that, Ego. is there one song okay one song that you that, yeah. know what yes uh, i will say it. american woman navajo bitch and i will say why because it borders on being a real country song more than any of the other ones that was one of my favorite ones to do just uh-huh. because it's more of kind of an 80s mm-hmm. got an
2: 80s vibe to it and and the power ballad kind of vibe yes. to it. And there's a, there's a guitar sound in there that I just love,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, which is this kind of screaming 80s guitar solo <laughs> sound mm-hmm. that was really fun to play. And, and yeah. uh, that, was a, that was a fun song to make.
1: Even though the lyrics, like any of the other songs, are dumb as shit, and intentionally yeah. so, like, right. it's still, I'm still like, there's somehow, like, it almost gets me emotional. And I don't <laughs> yeah. know why. And I hate myself for getting emotional about it, but, like, it's musically put together well. He's singing with this ridiculous passion. Yes. So it's, so, it's it's why it's solid, because, like, I mean, you could argue that it's making fun of country, but it really isn't. It really no, isn't. It's, it's,
2: it's, it's from a love of country. Those guys especially are,
1: love that genre and love
2: that music. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's definitely done out of love. I think they just think that we can't... If we could, we'd make a serious country album. Sure. You know, but but it's more just like this is their... their they're paying homage to it just because they, lo- they love it so much. Of course. But, I, I mean, there's
1: plenty of stuff to play with, uh, you know, which is why there's not one ser- too serious song on it. And it has to be that way. It's
2: Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there are any, any serious songs. Although some are more over
1: the over the top. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely.
2: But I think almost all of them were born from improv. At least I the, figured the okay. chorus parts of them, like "American Woman," is a good example, mm-hmm. uh, where Jeremy just said, you know, just started singing out that exact melody of "American Woman," Namajo bitch, uh,
1: genital warming. genital right, crotchular itch. itch. So fucking stupid. <laughs> And I'm listening to it. I'm like, no, that's not possible. That you're singing that song, Bad. and it keeps going. I'm like, oh no, no.
2: to this this kind of power ballad. Sold me. Song. Somehow yeah. sold, sold me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that 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 so that took a, a while. Only because mm-hmm. mostly because we were just doing it. I mean, I, a lot just whenever I could fit in time because I have yeah. an actual job. Sure. You know. Sure. You know that is. Yeah. So uh,
1: that took a little more time than we were hoping, but I really and I've already I've already I think just bugged every Super Ego member, with the exception of Paul F. Tompkins, because he hasn't done the show yet, uh, that it really, it could stand a vinyl release. It would look, it would look, re- this would look really nice as a yeah, vinyl yeah. cover, yes. you know what I'm saying? Like, it would be great. Yeah, and Matt Gorley designed all that
2: cover work. Yeah. Jesus. He's an amazing artist. I don't know Apparently. if He doesn't talk about it too much. Yeah, we
1: didn't talk about it on the show. We didn't, he never fine. brings
2: it up, but he's an amazing artist, and, um, and great, obviously, with, like, just visually putting things together. Mm-hmm. And he did all that work all, all that stuff and we talked about doing a vinyl version at one point I think yeah. it was just money. There
1: isn't the, I'll, anyway I'll mention You know, a, you know a cheap way to do it, huh? I do. Yeah, there are a few actually. And flexi I, Disc. <laughs> yeah, Flexi Holy shit that paper. would be amazing yeah. I, would, I would buy a million of those. Uh, Jeremy Yes. where can people find you sir and what's coming um, up anything new
3: no I actually now is the end of a lot of things oh okay so um no summer's coming along so i'm going to go back home for a while to new york if you're in
1: new york look nice. at where do you live in when you're in new york jeremy uh, i, I yeah. live <laughs> in the river give me your mother's address, <laughs> your mother's address. just
3: jump into the river and you'll find me <laughs> oh, okay uh, no i just am <clears throat> starting up uh teaching again mm-hmm. uh and, uh, Where do yeah. people find
1: you teaching? <laughs> people
3: can find me teaching, uh, again, in the river. Okay. can find me. It's a, it's a fishing class. Uh, no, I teach at the High School for the Arts, and that's uh, we do a summer conservatory. So if you have kids and you want to get rid of them for the summer.
1: There you go. Um,
3: and I mean get rid of them. You're not going to get them back. <laughs> and uh, what else? No, just a lot of little things, but nothing huge coming out right now. Maybe a
1: drinking game we don't know yet.
3: Yeah, we don't even know when the next one is. Probably at the end of the month. Fuck's sake.
1: I would hope. And I might not be here for that. I'm gonna well, be very upset. It's two in a row. I know. I know. Believe me, I'm fully aware know. of that. Anyway, thank you guys for being here. For thank you for having me. And thank pleasure, you for picking an always. awesome album. Uh, like I'm so glad we. This is only our second, I think, Monty Python episode <clears throat> ever in the almost five years we've been doing the show. Yeah. That's shocking to me. because well, my guests like, pick them. Yeah, instant
3: record collection. We did That's the live for, one yeah, that we plan. did. Yeah, that's uh, about it.
1: Yeah. And that's that's it. And yeah. I want I want to do that one that's hanging up. The one from the TV show, which I think is their first album. I do want to do that at some point. Is and that just,
2: directly taken off the show? Yes.
1: Yeah. That's uh, that must have come out before and now for something. But it probably is the same content. I haven't listened to the whole thing. I. Again, I only get around to listening to these when somebody picks them for the show because I've got too many to listen to. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I do want to cover that one at some point. Um, That's But yeah, anyway, thank you guys for being here. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, have a good thing. I listen to other podcasts that sound like this today on the pistache cast we're going to be talking about the pistachio's closest cousin the mango when you could be listening to this do you think there's ever been a moment on the show one of them accidentally reveals there's a body in his trunk he's <laughs> <laughs> just so enthused to talk about cars like it's an amazing car like i've hit 12 bodies in there it's, you can dig thing. them down You can take them down to the pier. No one will even know. Listen to the Dan and Jays Comedy Hour podcast every Monday at www.danandjay.com.
0: The announcement to which you are now listening is available only on the executive version of this record and is not available on any other version.